Design touches everything. The way we learn, the way we communicate, the way we live. And Boston has always been at the center of it. This is the Boston Design Cast presented by AIGA Boston. I'm Sarah Kroll. And I'm Michael Coleman. We're here to highlight the greater Boston design community and introduce you to designers who not only make great work, but challenge what design can be today. and this is the Boston Design Cast presented by AIJ Boston. Today we're talking to Abby Shibajo, currently a student at Suffolk University and the 2018 AIGA Boston Emerge Experience Scholarship Award recipient to Copenhagen. Welcome, Abby. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator originally from Rhode Island, and I'm currently a student at Suffolk University, like you said. Why are you studying graphic design? I feel like it's the perfect fit for me. Um, it's something that I was introduced to my sophomore year of high school, actually. So I went to a high school that had an adjacent vocational school. And that year, I decided to enroll in the graphic design art and printing program. Um, and around the same time, I started working at a local nonprofit social enterprise for creative youth as a graphic designer. So those two combined experiences really confirmed that graphic design was for me. That's awesome. And since you're also the Emerge Experience Scholarship Award recipient, could you tell me a little bit more about that scholarship process and your trip to Copenhagen? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny because I was very close to not applying for the scholarship. Um, the deadline, if I remember correctly, fell in the middle or towards the end of a really stressful school semester. But one of my favorite professors had already written my letter of recommendation and not wanting to disappoint him or anything and sell myself short, I completed the application within days of the deadline. You must be like thrilled that you did. Tell me about the trip to Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. My trip to Copenhagen was a sensory-based design experience, so while we were there, we were exploring how to incorporate the five senses within our design process and work. So when we first got there, we went on a canal cruise, and then the next day, I'm pretty sure, we visited a studio called Playtype, and there we did a typography workshop. Um, some of the other things we did included going to a castle, um, a bunch of different museums like the Louisiana Museum of Modern Art, um, Tivoli Gardens, the Danish Museum of Art and Design, the Glyptotheca, and two other studios we ended up visiting were Contrapunct and Stupid Studios. Could you tell me a little bit more about Stupid Studios? Yeah, definitely. Stupid Studio. Um, it's just an interesting name for a design studio. Yeah, and the work they do is like far from stupid. It's just brilliant and intelligent and it's so fun. Um, I really admired the work culture that seemed to be going on there. A lot of the employees seemed like they were happy to be coming to work and happy to be working on the projects that they were working on and it felt like every step of the process was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh 
going to change up my next question a little bit. Uh, so could you describe how you thought about design before your trip to Copenhagen? I think considering that I had a really stressful school year, um, I thought of design as pretty rigid and constrained. And following my trip from Copenhagen, it's now something I think of that can be approached a lot more experimentally. Is that even a word? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, we'll make it a word. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it can be something that's a lot more fun and it's intended to be fun as well as the entire process. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to a project that you've done since your trip to Copenhagen that you kind of in, employed this new way of thinking about design? Yeah. So. After my trip to Copenhagen, I started working on these tessellations, which are essentially um, puzzle pieces that are a repeated pattern. And there are these little wooden giraffes. So I did the branding for it. I also designed the packaging and went on to make more tessellation pieces using the laser cutter at school in our wood shop. That's really cool. And since um, you're talking about like the sensory part of Copenhagen, I know we were talking briefly before we started recording about you know the way that things feel when you touch them and when they smell. And is this something that you considered while you were working on the tessellations? Yeah, I really wanted them to feel like the toys I had when I was growing up. I remember playing with wooden like ABC blocks um, or what were Lincoln Logs as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something I wanted to incorporate into this project, as well as the colors. I'm pretty much using a primary color palette throughout the project. And you can kind of still smell like the burnt wood almost um, with the box and like the pieces as well. And it feels homey. That's awesome. Yeah, especially when you say like the wooden blocks or like Lincoln Logs especially, like I just have that smell of the wood. I'm pretty sure it's like cedar and when you open yeah. up the box you just get that like whiff of it's just the whiff of like what the wood smells like as you're building it and it's just such a visceral memory. I think that a lot of people have like growing up. And I think it's really cool that, you know, you took some of that thinking and brought it into your own work now, which is as a way to like incorporate these other senses as part of this project. I'm really grateful for that, and especially going into my senior year, I feel like it's just another way to make my work stronger than it already. That sounded cocky. <laughs> um, stronger than it already. No, it's okay. You can be cocky. It's no, because um, before <laughs> I feel like my work was not the best, but I think it's just another way to make my work stronger. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What we do now, and I was talking to Stephanie Gray about this when she came in earlier this week about how you know so much of design is on phone screens and on computer screens and tablets and it's in advertising when you're in the subway and it's just like it's like overload for your eyes yeah and one of the questions that I asked her was like why design for a sensory based experience rather than just a visual one and I think you you spoke to that pretty great too is that it's just like it adds a layer to it and I think people can connect with the work more they're just engaging with it on multiple levels definitely is cool. I'm going to change gears a little bit, maybe not so much. I know that you're interested in gender studies and social justice, and how do you incorporate that into your design work? So gender um, and other social justice issues are really important to me just because of my identity. So um, I'm a Nigerian-American woman, so that has 
a lot of layers, especially within our society today. Um, one way I try and incorporate that into my work is always figuring out a way if there's a possibility to give back. So like with the tessellations, for example, I wanted, I would present them as something that's sustainable, um, eco-friendly and like using recyclable materials mm -hmm. and making sure that there's a component if they were to like be mass produced or something that basically I just whenever I'm designing a project for school I'm always thinking of what way it can be used to give back to the community that it's intended for. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit off the recording about how when you went to Stupid Studios and you really you saw how flexible uh, the people who worked there were and just with their maternity leave and when they could come and go from the office and like being able to Airbnb to get work done on, by yeah. the beach. Uh, how is that, how are you now thinking about the sensory design experience through that social justice lens? That's a good question. I feel like social justice is something that can be incorporated into any design project. I feel like design is everywhere. Social justice issues aren't going anywhere. They've been here for a long time. Um, so I feel like you could have a poster for like a movement that's really important to you or a podcast about something that's pressing in the news or like you can a, always like tie it back yeah I feel like it's always like yeah I feel like it's something that can always be incorporated yeah I feel like social justice if the opportunity presents itself can be incorporated in any design project um, I feel like it's important to try and give back in whatever capacity is possible mm -hmm. um, like volunteering or donating money like it could there's just so many ways that it can be done yeah. to make an impact yeah especially now where there's so many different nonprofits that are directly helping different causes and so it's almost like there's there's no better time to get involved in that way and especially as a designer and as a communicator you're not thinking about it on so many different other levels so it's not just a package design anymore or it's not just a poster design or maybe even an app design like it becomes it becomes that multi-level experience yeah that is like okay what is what are they feeling now what is is the space inviting where where are they when they're engaging with this one thing or many things yeah i definitely agree with that and i'm like nodding my head like people <laughs> listening to this can You're like yeah definitely <laughs> So yeah, actually, that's a really good segue into um, a segue into my next question, which is, what's the work that you want to do when you graduate? Or maybe a better question is, what problems do you want to solve, and how might how might you approach them? One problem I know I'd like to approach is representation within the art and design community, especially how it relates to education. Um, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. I feel like there could be more opportunities for people who are underrepresented um, within the community, whether it's in office spaces or within the classroom, not just students, but educators as well. 
And one way I'd like to do that is becoming a professor myself. Um, I think it's really important for students to see themselves within faculty, staff, um, employee listings on an agency website. That's so important and really awesome that that's, that's the next step that you want to take. So do you think you'll go straight for your master's and then start teaching or do you think you'll take a break for a little bit from school and work a little bit and then go back? I definitely think I need a break. Um, <laughs> um, I really want to take a year or two to kind of figure out what it is that I want to go to grad school for. I feel like it won't be for graphic design. I'm leaning more towards illustration and sequential art because I feel like with graphic design, I'm communicating other people's stories and narratives, whereas with illustration or sequential art, I would be able to tell stories for myself or people that look like me and have had similar experiences as mine. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that work, like, did you do a little bit of illustration when you were in Copenhagen? Like, did you explore, you know, what your narrative is as opposed to the narratives that come out of the work that you do in school? Not so much while I was in Copenhagen because it was an amazing experience, but it was definitely a sensory overload at times, just being in a new country, a new language, mm -hmm. um, going to so many different places. But coming back, I've definitely made an effort to illustrate more, sketch more. I'm actually keeping a sketchbook and I'm making my way through it, surprisingly. Um, jotting down ideas for like a comic possibly. So yeah, I don't know if I fully answered the question. Yeah, you did, that's awesome, okay. yeah. And how, um, what are habits or routines that you picked up while traveling that you still do? I, you kind of mentioned it, that now you're keeping a sketchbook and uh, you're making your way through it. Is there anything else? I know Stephanie had mentioned that part of the process for uh, Copenhagen is like doing these writing prompts every day and there's just certain things that are built into the trip and is there anything that you like brought back with you? Yeah, I think documenting what's going on from like a day to day has been something that I've gotten a lot better at since the trip. Um, I kind of have a habit of looking back in the past or looking towards the future more so than without paying much attention to the present. Um, and this traveling experience taught me how to be present within the moment. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And so what's next for you? So much. Um, <laughs> I'm starting school, I think. Yeah, next week, right? Next week. Oh. God. Um, yeah, next week. So during that time, I'm going to be taking my classes, working, um, building my portfolio, looking into internships, jobs, grad school possibilities, so a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like even beyond the next semester, it, you've got big things ahead of you just in your career in general. Hope so. <laughs> and uh, a question that I ask... A question that I ask all of my guests is, what brought you to Massachusetts? And why are you still here? And just curious, because you've had this trip to Copenhagen, where do you think you'll go next, if anywhere? Um, I came to Massachusetts for school. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, I'm from Rhode Island, so I'm not too far away from home. Um, 
So during my college application process, location was a big factor for me. I wanted to be somewhere outside of my comfort zone that allowed me a lot of independence and variety. And Boston was the perfect fit for all of those requirements as like my first step into adulthood. I think after my trip to Copenhagen, I would consider living there. Um, it was just amazing and I felt where I needed to be. Um, but I don't know, I feel like I'm not tied to anywhere. I could go anywhere if the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And where can people learn more about what you're doing? So my website is currently under construction, um, but I can be found on platforms like Behance, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr with the handle abshojoart. So that's A-B-S-H-O-J-O-A-R-T. And we'll definitely link that uh, on the website and in the show notes too for anyone who wants to check that out. Well, uh, thank you for being on our show today and uh, talking about all the stuff that you've got going on in your perspective. Thanks everyone who listened to this episode. The Boston Design Cast is recorded at the Inno Lab at the Boston Public Library. Our sound is edited by Michael Coleman and our music is by Dan Egan. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at podcast at boston.aija.org. And if you want to support the podcast, consider becoming a member of AIJ Boston by going to aija.org slash join. Until next time. Boston Design Guest is presented by AIJ Boston. It's produced by me, Sarah Crowell. And me, Michael Coleman. Our music is by Jason Dean Egan. And sound editing by Michael Coleman. For more information, check out our show notes or boston.aiga.org. <laughs>